0: What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The H Panel, the show where I bring on guests from all different backgrounds to talk all the things mental health. I'm your host, Harry Pavan, and there is such a quick turnaround in episodes today because I have the pleasure of being joined by a really special guest named Hans Bend. Hans is the founder and inventor of the recently launched company, Breathing.ai. This company uses changing fonts, changing screen colors, and more to help elevate your health and mood while you're using screen time. Hans was so fun to talk to, and this was a really interesting conversation, so I wanted to thank him again for coming on and having this discussion with me. Also, if you've been listening for a while, you know the drill. Before we get started here, please like, comment, share, subscribe, give five stars if you're on a podcast platform, share with someone who might want to hear this episode. It's a really great one, and I cannot wait for you to listen. I'll talk to you all very soon. Have a great rest of your day. Peace. I'm Harry Potvin, and this is The H-Panel. Hannes, thank you so much for joining me today, man. Oh, thank you so Much for having me. So, how did you um how did you get into this line of work? Like what inspired you to start this? Um, I was really um
1: depressed and anxious for a long time working as an artist and as a researcher, and I wasn't really um aware of that. That was my norm in a way. And then I just found a lot of happiness through mindfulness, meditation, yoga, and that got me really into you know sharing that as much as possible but knowing that a lot of people would not buy yoga mat and do it or have the time for meditation so I always wanted to see how we can make that more accessible and that's got me into technology running a business and um and also you know you can still be creative there in a way and still I consider that part of my art practice so it wasn't far away from what I was doing but um yeah I really want to share like you know happiness and helping people feel happy live a happier life and healthier so that was um that was a little bit limited with what i was doing before including my own personal life so now now i feel like much happier and i, I just want to you know have other people feel feel similar about life
0: mm-hmm. i love that and in a world where like like right now we could use every little drop of happiness right <laughs> yeah it's true
1: yeah it's like it's been so rough with the pandemic and everything and um you know people being isolated and and stuff and just you know having tools available that make us feel happier and it's not it's not so easy you know like all of a sudden we're at home and you know we can distract ourselves but sometimes you know what can we do about our own lives we haven't really been taught how to self-regulate how to feel happier and how to make us feel happier i feel at least i wasn't taught that in in school or somewhere so much so um i think that's that's something what at least technology can help us and um that's what we're trying to do
0: yeah no i love that because there i've been talking to a lot of like psychologists and stuff and they were they were talking about how like this pandemic could be a good thing in a sense of people were forced to stay at home and face who they are truly without any distraction but they also said that could be a bad thing Now, if you get out of that because, you know, you haven't worked on yourself for so long and you're like, oh shit, like I'm nowhere where I thought I was mentally. So you've got those two, but then you've also got a group of people who didn't do anything because they just didn't know what to do. So their life was kind of on hold. And then there's like this whole extra pressure of, I haven't done anything with my life. So, you know, it's that group of people that um, I think you're really going to help. I, I think it's important.
1: And what is a what did they say the the dangers of it are? That mean people getting more into addictions or something or distractions that are not necessarily healthy, or what was the concerns of the psychologists?
0: Yeah, so the um, being being or having to sit down with yourself can be great for a lot of us. I know it definitely helped me. But when I first got rid of all the distractions in my life, personally, I remember being terrified. Because you had done so little work on yourself that having to climb that mountain seemed impossible. And without help, like, you know, you can get therapy online, but it costs money. Some people can't afford it. Like, you have no um, external sources for relieving stress, like the gym or mm-hmm. the library or whatever. So it's literally just you in a room facing yourself. And for some mm-hmm. people, they just can't handle that. It's like really intimidating. Mm-hmm. especially if you've got a lot of stuff going on um so that was kind of the concern um i think overall generally there was a big group of people that took it to their advantage and i think it did come out as a good thing even though with a pandemic there's a lot that isn't good i think that was one of the benefits but and there was a select group of people who just couldn't handle it it was too much mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do think also, even if, if you
1: start doing the work, it's so much, you know, regarding artistic like posture, sometimes nervous system, you know, what we can breathe deeper and all those different tools we can have. But um, I think, you know, like technology can really help us to automate, make that more easier and, and funnier, uh, you know, fun in a way. And that's, and because it just so much and, and being self-motivated and, having the consistency, it just takes a lot. And then you feel like, almost like, oh, I'm guilty when I'm not doing it. And I'm I'm guilty of, you know, not having the tools available, not knowing what I should do. So I can totally emphasize a lot of people feeling that that's a lot in addition to all the other stress people already have during the pandemic that are coming on top of, you know, that doing that kind of work. I was thinking the similar what you said um, in the beginning, but realizing that it's it's survival mode during the pandemic first of all that's a lot of pressure for people and then on top of that doing some self-work it's just
0: it's a way too much to ask
1: oftentimes so Mm -hmm.
0: well yeah and you often hear like i've said it too where it's like you have nothing but time now but sometimes that time is like terrifying
1: yeah
0: yeah because you don't know
1: like what about your family your friends somebody has the virus or or you know somebody's got laid off and All kinds of things um yeah i feel like it's it was it was a lot or it's been a lot so Mm. um yeah totally hopefully you know not only us but a lot of other technologies or programs or apps will be out there to help people and make lives more easier and make mindfulness more accessible because it is it seems sometimes also very intimidating doing self-work self-care meditation for people so I know that myself. I, I only got into yoga because a friend was recommending it for years. She always said, "Hannes, why don't you try yoga? Why don't you try meditation?" And because she knew I, you know, about my, uh, you know, not being so happy. So then I, I only tried it when after really bad breakup, and you know where my ex left me blue yoga mat, and I was like, "Well, I might just try yoga." You know, I was <laughs> like, "Yoga was always that was ten years ago or eleven years ago." So, um, you know, before that I was so hesitant and oftentimes it takes like, be really down to to try something new that was formerly intimidating or we judged on and, but I do think during the pandemic, trying out meditation online or therapy online is a huge step because you can't even go, you know, and kind of like leave the room. It's just like, you're like one-on-one with the therapist on a call or something, and it's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's no. Awesome.
0: It- like online therapy is good like we need it like right now we need it but god i like the the zoom glooms a real thing man like when you're when you're staring at a screen for so long like i i was recently i know this episode's going to come out later but i was recently at like a conference for this organization called jack.org and it's mm-hmm. where like all like 250 young mental health advocates come together for a national conference mm-hmm. but it was all online this year And it was five days. Mm -hmm. And I remember at the end, I just felt so exhausted. And I was like, I haven't really done anything. I just sat in my chair for five days and looked at a screen. But it drains you, man. It drains you Mm -hmm. mentally. It's a different kind of tired. Yeah. And I know like some people even I've met like some
1: professors. They have one man from Hong Kong. He has this technique that you always have to look in the eyes. And, you know, there's a lot of that too, you know, like holding eye contact and you know be more truthful and stuff like that but you never do that when you do a zoom call you know i'm looking into this like i I always get reminded of like the stanley kubrick um what's the space odyssey hull Mm -hmm. 9000 i don't know if you've seen that you know where it's like this eye but like it's it's just the eye of the video the selfie camera we're looking into right instead and if i want to look you if you if i want to give you the impression that i'm looking you in the eyes i have to look in the camera but you just think i'm looking at you but if I want to look you in the eye on the screen, I'm looking like I'm looking somewhere else. So, um, so in the end, we're looking into the eyes of the machine, <laughs> like, you know, Space Odyssey or something in that sense. But um, but yeah, and that's like, it, it feels not so human. So online calls or on meditation sessions or whatever, it's like you never really look the other person in the eye. And that feels like probably like it gives us some kind of, you know, our brains and kind of uh, what like confusion What's going on I'm, I'm not really looking the person in the eye so um, mm-hmm. yeah that's probably one of the nicest things like being in presence with other people and being able to look them in the eye seeing each other smile at the same time <laughs> with no time distortion that sometimes happens on calls or so
0: yeah yeah no i i have a real problem with the uh staring at the camera thing because yeah. like i'm looking at you right now and it feels like we're having a face-to-face but i'm not real this is me looking at you and i can't see you and i just oh it's so mental. My brain's like, what are you doing? Like, why are yeah. you looking away from him? But yeah. you're not. It's, yeah. And then, and then you'll have like the, the, the person will be talking and all of a sudden you'll hear like a little, like it from zoom, the little but while they're talking oh. and you remember, you're like, Oh wait, this guy's not in front of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's in a computer. And then that messes with your brain too. It's just, there's so many different factors to zoom gloom and then once you're done with like days of zooming you're like oh can yeah. we just go back in person
1: oh, yeah. yeah it's like, like that
0: and then uh, because
1: really the fatigue we're looking at setting up a study now on on um they call it zoom fatigue or, so um and yeah we we're trying to evaluate how we can test what helps maybe with that obviously you can't get really rid of the selfie camera. Being a little bit away from the screen right now, at least I mean that's a hardware issue. But how can you at least adapt the screen colors maybe, or like we're doing with our company, or adjust the the brightness to somebody's heart rate or breathing patterns? Because we Mm -hmm. can we use the webcam and machine learning to detect, you know, somebody's breathing, and maybe that would at least be something that is in sync. So obviously we're offering that with our our uh, product in some capacity for for browser extension right now, but you know, when you're on a call that could maybe adjust everything a little bit or, you know, see what helps you to breathe deeper, it um, could be, you know, um, could make it a little bit more human, humane, because it adapts to our nervous system. And I feel the struggle we have a lot with Zoom fatigue or with a lot of emails, looking at the screen in general, is that it's, it never takes our nervous system into consideration. You know, if mm-hmm. we use social media or something, they, they sometimes look at what gets us excited or what news and what photos, but they're not really looking at our nervous system. We're looking at our clicks. And so it looks very much on our visual cortex on like how, how our brain processes it and then how we're clicking. So it's just like eye, the brain, you know, and, and finger and clicking, but it doesn't really take into consideration how our, you know, heartbeats, how our breathing pattern is. And I think oftentimes social media and others, they look at really how, how much we are getting stressed out. How much we're getting more excited and in a way that is like short attention span you're grabbing our attention but how can we actually make technology that it's ah, we feel better mm-hmm. and that we feel calmer and that we don't have to spend more attention on it but do we actually feel while being on the zoom call or being on an app social media that we feel you know reduced stress reduced and calmer and that's um that's i think would be at least it would be a huge step because uh, it is it is really disconnected from our nervous system from our stress levels right now but our family is not or friends are not when we're stressed they tell us probably or you know there's there's some interaction with that but if we're on the screen most of the time most of us are on the screen for a average of 10 11 hours or more even sometimes in the winter time and you know the technology doesn't tell us when we're stressed and we don't notice when we're stressed so that's something our technology does and hopefully others are doing too because it is you know when we're like stressed all the time or we're getting really fatigued it's it's a problem it's better to take a break sometimes or to you know improve our posture taking a few deep breaths or
0: something um adding a smile or stuff <laughs> so uh, yeah yeah no it, it yeah that's great because the the problem is the human body is so complex so like with the technology we have right now we are so advanced but we're not mm-hmm. nearly advanced enough to reciprocate what a human human body can do yeah i think that's the problem
1: that, and it's like what you say with like a zoo of i was thinking about animals that they're just very adapting to the environment they go somewhere else when they don't like it and they, they give each other comfort and groups and right now technology doesn't really do that it doesn't adapt to us It doesn't, so we're almost like, you know, less than the natural environment for animals because it's not, we're not adapting to or only like our brain adapts our visual cortex a little bit, but our whole body is, you know, you can sit like this the whole day and you will not notice because you don't also have a selfie camera oftentimes telling you that. And then like at the end of the day, this posture is really bad and sleep is bad and stuff, but, you know, having like technology, remind us, adapt us, better posture Breathing a little bit deeper, you know, adding a smile, taking a break, just you know, giving some time, family time, friends time, is it would be a huge improvement because we're just we're like more than in a in a box right now. We're very trapped and very limited in terms of our ability. Because yeah, as you said, we're such a
0: complex complex beings. Hmm. Well, yeah, and that's yeah. The, that's the other thing, right? Like you just mentioned, like we are complex beings, but you know, at the end of the day, I mean whether you believe it or not, we're, we're animals. So if you Mm -hmm. were to put like, I don't know, a chimpanzee in front of a screen for like 10 hours a day, how do you think it would react? It would go insane. Start Mm -hmm. bashing shit. It would break the computer. It would start screaming. Like at the end of the day, like we're more advanced than a chimpanzee, obviously, but you know, like we're still going to lose our minds. Yeah. And like embodiment is so important. I
1: feel you know when you do, when I will go to a zoo or when I will go out in nature in the park, like I'm walking, my body is engaged. When I'm talking with other people, they, with friends, they see how I react, how I posture, am I comfortable, am I uncomfortable? All of those things. When we're technology, it doesn't matter. It's just like what, for a lot of programs, it only matters. They sell data when we're getting excited, when we pay attention to something. They don't profit when we are more calm, when we're more at ease, when we spend less time on the screen. A lot of those things in, using, in technology as software and how we're designed for us to keep us on the devices, but not in a way that is embodied, that is like presence that has, you know, a deep breath in there, like joy. And so that's what what we're working on. And uh, I think hopefully that will be more of a thing in the future, like just kind of more embodied, more integrated, um, wholesome technology. So people are more efficient when they're using technology. And then when they... And they can do their task faster because they just like do it with more, you know, with, if we're more calm, if we're more relaxed, we usually do things faster, actually. And when we're getting fatigued and stuff, it takes us much longer to do tasks. And then so people spend less time on the screen, essentially, when it's more embodied. And, and then they have more time for each other and being in nature and enjoying life and all this attention on the screen.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's way more productive, too, when you feel rested and ready to go what helped so, What helped
1: you a lot during the pandemic to feel rested
0: me um I mean at the beginning of the pandemic admittedly I was terrible uh I was on my screen I remember you want to talk about stress I remember I looked at my screen time after like three months in the pandemic and I think I was averaging nine hours on my phone and I was like <laughs> I was like what it i've gotten it down to like one or two because nine was atrocious and i was always like i don't get why i feel like i I don't get i don't get why i feel so terrible uh and it was like well it's right there um nine Mm -hmm. hours on your phone is terrible um but then once i started getting into kind of a groove i mean this show kept me occupied forever uh it was kind of a blessing in disguise that way like i started it before the pandemic hit but it really took off during so that helped me a ton. Um, I did a lot of, I, I went for a lot of walks. That that was it. Just being in nature as a kid, that was like my, my escape Be, mm-hmm. as a kid in the forest. I would always go if I was right. stressed, if, okay. you know, I needed a break from reality, I'd go in there. So walks in the forest helped. Um, I did a lot of yoga. I started meditation. I'm still not great at it, but I did it. Um, And then once things started opening up a little more, I started going to uh, Muay Thai classes, like exercise, because I was not exercising during the pandemic. Admittedly, it was terrible. Um, Yeah, that's just things to get my brain going, but also my body, because I felt like a slug for like four months, and it made me feel going. It made me go insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, I do. I did a lot of breath work in the
1: beginning, which also kept me going, because I was guiding um online classes every day, um just for free. Um and then I i narrowed it down to three classes a week now or so. But that was that's been really a lot of a workout for me in a way because I think um breath work is a workout for the inner and then I got to engage a little bit with people online even though they were mostly listening or so, but um there there's a lot of benefits on, on breath work. So I, I was able to benefit from that. But definitely took less steps because here in the new york area people take you know ten thousands of steps just going to subway going to work and stuff and i didn't have that trip to the office anymore so i i sometimes look it was like 90 steps a day <laughs> instead of yeah two two twenty thousand ninety or something so complete, definitely not so active now in the springtime hopefully i'll you know i'll take more walks and stuff it was a it was a really intense winter here too
0: so. Well yeah, I was just going to say like you guys in New York get it like in Canada the winter like in the summer and the spring it's easier to get those steps in but this year my steps were so bad. I think I was averaging 1, 000, like, oh, a thousand. Like that's day. good in in my <laughs> case it would be good. <laughs> I had to force myself to get those steps though. Mm-hmm. I was like you have to at least break a thousand. Um but like the snow was like up to here at some so- some points. And if it wasn't, it was like minus 19. Like, how do you go out for a, a casual walk in negative 19 weather? Well, the, there are some techniques that
1: are, in, you know, incentivizing you in a way to to take walks on the cold. The Wim Hof method of my my mentor and friend Wim. I don't know if you heard about it. So, it's a it's a cold um, cold exposure method. So you're you're supposed to go out in t shirt or in shorts um, in the cold and just to, you know, take a walk for 15 minutes or an hour or something and maintain your body temperature. So that's, so that's what I've been doing a few times too. Um, it wasn't as cold. It was, it was minus freezing degrees. Um, one of my team members, uh, Bobby, we had like fun cold walks around the park and people looked at us like we're crazy because in New York people really don't get bothered by anything. Mm-hmm. they they've seen all kinds of craziness, but if you're really outside and you've you've showing that you're physically different or that you know, you're displaying like a different physicality regarding the super cold environment, they think you're crazy. So, you know, us walking around in t-shirt and smiling and being on the phone, talking with each other, while everybody else was wrapped up and it was a cold wind and stuff that was that was really made them think we're crazy. And it was a really good workout, actually. The Wim Hof method, um, that's called, has been mm-hmm. shown to clinically st- study to really reduce, uh, to improve immune system function, uh, the nervous system connection with the nervous system. It helped a lot of people with anxiety and depression, like me. And uh, it's a little bit hard to do cold walks or cold showers, but it's it intensifies the the training because because if you're if you're breathing deep if you're training to breathe deep through your belly up so that's good but you have to do that type of breathing like really slow deep inhales and slow exhales when you're out in the cold because otherwise you won't sustain in the cold because otherwise you would like tense up and do this type of breathing and that type of breathing is oftentimes what people do when they're on a screen they're just like ah, i'm breathing very shallow so what we're what the wim hof method incentivize or motivates you to do and what our technology does also just taking actually relaxing more and taking deeper breath and if you're out in the cold or taking cold shower it's really better to relax your shoulders to breathe in slowly and and exhale deeply and it's it's a really good workout when you do the cold walks or cold showers you get like you flush almost your whole um, blood circulation with oxygen because you get so much more oxygen in. also cold air you probably know that, but cold air has uh, there's more air oxygen in cold air because it's more compressed. Mm-hmm. So taking deeper breath in in the cold in cold air, you get more oxygen, and so we also feel that like sometimes we feel a bit lightheaded or dizzy because of oxygen saturation changes. But we also feel more invigorated some um, because there's so much oxygen coming in. So it's like actually very beneficial to trying to get gradually. The time up of cold walks, um, walks in the cold, even if it's with with a jacket, getting like t- taking deep breath in and not doing what we're kind of like intuitively sometimes think, doing this sh- um, shrugging the shoulders. Um, so obviously it's very similar on the screen. Sometimes when we're feeling stressed, like instead of doing this, just um, relaxing more. But cold walks are really good um, training because and cold showers. So I've been I've been keeping up keeping that up. Um sometimes and i haven't gotten sick all winter so um, and i haven't gotten sick in six or seven years actually doing this technique and cold shower so it's been really 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 helpful and the most the most benefit of that is really the deep breathing you're getting the awareness Mm -hmm. of your breathing of your body posture and so i'm so grateful for vim and his family to for spreading the that so um so generously throughout the world
0: yeah no my my brother and i are big fans of his. Oh, we, nice. we yeah no he, he. I'd love to pick his brain, man. No, we um. I I do that in the shower. I, I I'll go for like a really hot shower, and then right near the end, I'll put it to like freezing just to get my system to go, <gasps> and um mm-hmm. that helps a lot. It wakes you up. You feel good. Yeah, you feel correct. lighter. And
1: the studies say you sh- you're supposed to take a cold shower for like a minute and a half to get all the benefits out. Um so uh I I've, you know, traveled with him and done a lot of projects with him and I always wondered if wonder when I got him to New York for his first workshop here in Brooklyn. Um first, first workshop in New York and that was five years ago or something almost. I think so, yeah. And uh he uh I always because there's so much speculation, it's the brown fat activation, is it what is it, you know? And so once we were traveling ones I I was in the car with him. I was like, I'm going to ask him this question now. What does he think? What is it? What is it? You know? And then, and then he said, it's all will. I said, what do you mean it's all will? It's not the brown fat. It's not this thing. And he said, no, it's all will. And I said, wow, you know, this is such a profound saying. So it has so much to do with commitment, with, you know, holding yourself accountable and really doing it and willing yourself to do it. I mean obviously there are other aspects so you have to you know you can't just like will yourself your body through if you're shaking and you have early signs of hypothermia he always recommends to stop it but in the end to really get to the stage of constant breathing awareness or deep breathing and obviously just like inner fire he promotes to warm up your body temperature that's all will he says and so in our case in our technology like how can we have technology in a way help that will and so you you display that intention to improve your body, but technology, you know, in a way, um enacts that will in a way, saying, like, you know, we we guide your nervous system, we we check on it, we give you break reminders and stuff. Because it is it's a hard training, you know. I love them's method and you know, but it is it's not easy to, to take cold showers, it's not easy to take walks and to be consistent with like half an hour or an hour of breath work every day. And a lot of people with family and stuff, they don't really have the time. You know, to full-time job. My sister has, you know, single mom of two kids. It's a lot to ask for her to take, you know, even like fifteen minutes off. With the boys being so active and then studying at night when they're in bed. So it's it, making integrating stuff in screens is, is really my but. But it was huge when VIM
0: said it's all will. You know, it's like oh, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the other thing, right, is that um. Like even if you're not like a single mother or you have the time, starting from nothing and going into that process is also intimidating. Uh so little baby steps along the way would help a lot. Just like you're climbing up the ladders as opposed to jumping right to the top of it. It's a little more doable. Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and having
1: that having that will and then you 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 don't do it right away or and then you, you get you think like I can't do it, I'm not good enough and all this things and that's legit because it's not legit that to say that I'm not good enough but it's it's legit to get demotivated because it is it is hard to have that consistency and obviously what a lot of people sometimes don't know Vim you know had a very hard time you know his the wife passed his wife passed away with his ex-wife back then and he was alone with four kids so it was you know he had to find something and obviously he did yoga before and cold exposure but he he really you know intensified the practice once he was at this really intense stage so so i think it is good to take the lessons from the people who went through such super hard times and make make things easier for people so they don't have to you know think they have to sit down and every day and doing this and not think any thoughts and meditation and stuff but really integrating into everyday technology because you know especially in new york i always felt like new yorkers nobody will take or barely anybody will do go on a 10 day silent retreat like I did, you know, because I gave myself the time and, and I didn't have, you know, a big house I had to pay or a big apartment or something. So it's, it's not easy for people to take that time out of their day and, and then to not feel bad when they don't take the time out. So making those things easier, I think is very important and more comfortable because a lot of this is also comfort levels and, and rightfully so, because we're, you know,
0: want to enjoy life and we don't want to feel like it's it's a drag you know (laughs) what we're doing Mm -hmm.
1: yeah
0: Yeah, you don't want you don't want what you're doing to feel like a chore exactly yeah so that 10 day silent retreat a little bit of a tangent is that uh vipassana yeah i did i did a Mm -hmm. few of those i did this actually very you know
1: i'm already i'm norwegian german but like being German in a way, I feel like Ashtanga yoga, which is very rigorous, was like <laughs> it was like the thing I did right away, and then I did Vipassana, which was a very like sit down, not you know mm-hmm. ten hours a day meditate in this in the retreats, and then and then you're supposed to you know keep up practice of at least two hours a day, one in the morning and one at night. I did that, and even did more, and so you know very strict and rigorous, and I had to break that being rigorous because that was also not good for me. So <clears throat> I also think. Passion is great for many, and it was good for me in many ways. But it's also could be too intense because then you just like you have this very you know rigorous meditation practice, which I think there's some some you know some voices in the community that express you know too much meditation is not good too, and and I think there there's some legitimacy to that. Hmm.
0: Yeah, you got you got to find your balance, and everyone's different. It's like that That method will work for a lot of people, but it won't work for everybody. And that's the same for literally everything in life. You you got to take everything with a grain of salt and a lot of trial and error. Love that, yes. And different things work for different people. I mean, we're always trying to work on,
1: you know, different techniques offered mindfulness practices because pe- some people don't like the body scan. Some people don't like to be aware of their breathing. They just like a simple posture, a movement thing. And it's just like, whatever somebody likes and you not really like force anything on anybody and shouldn't. And, um, I mean, you know, for me being like rigorous, was so like, I had to also break that. And, um, for other people it's like being more accountable. And then, you know, there's, there's other th- traits that come along with that, being more accountable in terms of meditation, being more accountable in life. For some people it's taking a step back and easing things a bit more. There's so many different routes and so many, every, every situation is different. Beautifully balance. It's all balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So what realize- like, uh, is like? Wait, like it's like another quote. Vim often says, "Like easy does it." Even though it's very funny because he always pushes himself to do yeah. these things. But
0: I like the quote, "Easy does it," and like balance. Balance is everything. Is also nice. Yeah, the easy does it with his training and what he does. It's like what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Like, what the What the hell am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> so you, so your your company breathing AI what what got you started with that like where when did that come off the ground? Yeah,
1: that was um kind of directly coming out of neuroscience research and art science project so i was um we had uh so we had we did neuroscience research on visual stimuli, how people are how brain frequencies are changing We're looking at ten thousand different images. And then we're also doing studies um, using fMRI, looking at the blood flow, and, and also EG on the, comparing different meditation techniques. So that was, that was our research. And that then led to um, a tech arts project where you could see, see how your heart rate is changing, how your breathing patterns are changing in VR and AR. Also one with Vim, where you see Vim floating and you see like your own you know, living room, you see Vim floating there in, through augmented reality glasses. And then you would see your own breathing patterns or your own heart rate. And you would basically go through guided breathing techniques, guided meditation techniques. But even though we won awards, you know, for the, it was years of research at Stanford and stuff. It was never really, I was never really comfortable putting a screen in front of people's face in VR and AR because it's, I don't know, some people, some kids especially felt better with the breathing exercises when it was, what sea level rise, when project was called seeing breath and when they had anxiety their parents said oh the kids go to yoga classes in, in one instance or one kid didn't know about ocean sea level rise but they really liked like being immersed in this fun environments and then to breathe deeper and um they did it again and again and the adults too but um I, di- I just didn't like that you know just like going somewhere and sell, trying to sell them basically hardware and, and a program that you know just like it's literally like this closed you know so there's not a lot of studies we did on how it affects vision, how it affects, in a way, a lot of things regarding the, the brightness of this the device. So I'm not a big fan of VR, but for training programs, it could be good. But I, I wanted to make things more accessible and scalable and easier. So we, we started at MIT, I think in 2018, we started to use the, the camera to detect heart rate. And then we set up one program where you, where in diff- you see different visuals, you see different audio and then you would see what one which one environment is the most calming for you for your heart rate and those actually i remember the one one of the judges came by and tested it and he had the dungeon or the basement was the cal- most calming environment for now <laughs> i was thinking why why that was so scary because we really chose it intentionally because it was so claustrophobic to make a point of like this is for everybody the most stressful ones and and then he said, oh, that makes sense. And we said, why? He said, because, oh, I used to be an underground DJ. Like, a, you know, and so he was very comfortable with being in the darkness because that made him feel like at night, you know, he was going for hours. and So, so it was a good, an, a, value, um, a good answer in a way to confirm that that might be working what we're testing. And then we did another prototype to show different colors and fonts to people. So you're we just sitting in front of a screen desktop show five different fonts randomized, like a scientific study and, and fonts. And then you would see what's the most calming event, what's on average the most calming color because we showed it to my times So that was very successful at a conference and it's a transformative technology conference. So I I got a lot of questions from investors. So I think that was 2017 18, Oh 18. I know, that was 2018. Um, I got a lot of questions from investors. What are you or you, you know, what kind of company are you? What kind of startup are at had no idea. So I would just say, I don't know, like, uh, I just realized I had to start a company in order for them to give me money or underst- or just make it scalable because nobody at that time was working on similar technology. And I always saw like, oh, somebody will pick up the research we're doing and just do a business out of it or something. So nobody was doing that. So I I had to start it myself in a way. And then I got my patent granted for this type of technology where I was also surprised that nobody had a patent on this technology, but um, I'm glad we got it because, you know, we're happy to license it out for companies that are invested in well-being. And then, so yeah, it's been like, well, that was December 2018 when I started the company and very much inspired by that research, but obviously driven by my personal story on healing from depression and anxiety and knowing that a variety of tools helped me, and I had to go a very intense path to do it. But I want people to feel better more easily and more make it really accessible with a click that you know you can test out different techniques that you can while you're on your screen. It could be more comfortable, and that's really what motivated me to make it as accessible for people. And yeah, now we're a really dedicated teams. So grateful for them, um, and especially the last year. We've worked so hard to launch our product, and um, it's been so. I kind of like the first year, two thousand nineteen, was a bit slow when I started the business because. And then twenty twenty, I tried to use because I started to, because there was there was not a lot of traction for this technology. A lot of a lot of people were looking into you know how to detect stress level using the webcam was very uncomfortable for people. It was intimidating. It was intimidating to have your stress level monitored. People were always arguing well, who needs this really they can just take a walk in the office go you know, grab coffee so it was really during the pandemic when this whole industry got speed up five years and people were comfortable all of a sudden with webcams i mean we're talking about the you know it's a there's a discomfort with it after a while but in general people use it more so um and people are more on their screen so there's obvious and remote work will probably not go away at least for a lot a lot of people so so there, there needs to be a solution for remote screen work. And I think we're where that we can be that's one of those solutions. And um, so really the last year, the, the first half of the year, I, I used um, breathing in eyes technology for a COVID-19 project called Vital Sign AI, where we had about almost 200 volunteers, but it was really hard to maintain that because clinical data and clinical institutional partnerships stuff are really hard to come by. And I didn't want to run like a medical company in a way or many. So I, I switched back to digital health, like breathing AI um, later last year, 2020. And and so since then we've been developing our product and um, and improving it. And uh, yeah, and so, so that that got me back. I, so, it, so it's been, I it could have been a little bit faster in terms of last year when I wouldn't have done the COVID-19 project, but I wanted to see how we can use our technology for, you know, to detect stress level, to detect shallower breathing patterns early symptoms of COVID-19 eventually but I, I scaled back from that because it's just like so cost intense and it really wasn't my expertise so now we're, we're breathing AI a digital health startup that really offers people the most easily accessible mindfulness reminders break reminders and helps them feel better on the screen and I'm all for that and it's very really, it's, it's gratifying to, to work on something like that and 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 to grow it and um grow it, you know, with good partnerships of companies that are value aligned and not to compromising on on the values, you know, because it's it's in, it's in it's very intimate what we're detecting. We're detecting people's breathing patterns, heart rate, and so we want to make sure that those d- data stay on their devices and stay locally. And if they share that with us, that we use that to improve our algorithms and that we don't sell that secretly like um, other personal data has often been done in technology and in business. So we're aware of that and you know the trust of the users and the well-being of the users is at the core of what we're building and that's also very you know fun and feels very responsible to do that so so in a way it's my personal story but in the end it's it's um it's uh it's a lot of research a lot of neuroscience a lot of patent invention going in there and a lot of dedicated teamwork so i i wouldn't you know it wouldn't be where it is without my team and uh, that remotely is still a lot of teamwork and I'm grateful for that because it also kept me somewhat sane, you know, (laughs) to do, to build this together. So it's been, been quite a journey for, for a little bit over two years. Um, But yeah, that's got me, that got me started.
0: Awesome. Yeah, no, that, um, that trust is important because you're hearing about that in the news now, right? Like with all these, uh, like Facebook and whatever, they're selling all this information. I didn't read too much about it, but it's like that trust needs to be there. And yeah. your company is still pretty young. Do you think that like a little bit of that pushback originally was because they just people didn't understand this new technology that you're presenting?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's one thing. But also, I think like turning on the webcam, having the webcam turned on, was not so regularly done before. When it was somebody, I would ask you for a video call. Right before the pandemic, it was oftentimes. A little bit more odd because you go on a call you you meet in person um so now it's almost it's, it's the norm you use the webcam all the time and there is literally people a lot of investors and in business telling me who needs to detect stress levels like how could that be a business and we, we're not only detecting stress levels but we're detecting we are also offering the mindfulness and break reminders and that was before the pandemic and now there are companies that are only detecting stress levels which is like what we have integrated into our technology and there are companies that are only offering mindfulness solutions without the stress monitoring so we're combining those and those other companies are gigantic companies alone just offering you know um, mind meditation apps and stuff and so we're combining that and making it more accessible for people so so that's something that before the pandemic was was very considered of like, how could this be a business? <laughs> so that's what I struck, but that's what a lot of people told me. And obviously you need to build out the technology and, and prove a case. And we just published another paper at um, that was published at like a very renowned interface conference at, at Texas A&M University and Cornell, a panel by Cornell Tech. And so everything we're doing is very science driven. And um, our user research team is very big and Natalie and her team there. They, they're always testing things so it's very much focused on the user and and very science driven and um, and then you know making a business out of that
0: mm-hmm. yeah no that's awesome i, I yeah it, it's funny how um like people's opinions can change so drastically in a year like in 2019 people are going, why the fuck do we need this stuff? And then yeah. in 2020, they're like, "Oh, we really need this stuff." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like a couple months just changed their perspective completely because you're not in the you're not in the office anymore. You can't go for those coffee breaks. You can't go for that drive to from work. You're waking out of bed. You're rolling on the floor, and your desk is right there. Like that's that's your world now. Yeah. So it's really important what you guys are doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah,
1: no, it's it's we we had so many. People join us just also like wanting to intern and working with us, and um because they they see the value in this, and it's really just a just really a testament in a way to you know how this pandemic has changed the world also, and and how how dedicated people are to well being and to helping each other out and and see in finding solutions that help everybody, and not to you know with so many people work with us, and then they they left because they had to obviously like take on a job to sustain their family, but um when we need more help but it's so great so i'm so am um, inspired by humans you know working on solutions like this or others and helping each other instead of you know getting distracted and doing all kinds of proud to not help and not to spend some extra time on, on solutions that help mankind so very very inspiring also to see how you know humans help each other out across the world because we, we work with people from all over sometimes and get knowledge
0: there and yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah, no, humans. Yeah, you, you nailed it. Humans are so inspiring sometimes. Sometimes you lose faith a little bit because you're on social media and you're looking at all the clickbait stuff and you're like, yeah, we're going down a path that we shouldn't be. But then you hear stories like this and you're like, oh, okay, we're, we're still okay. <laughs> we're still, yeah. We still got some stuff going for us.
1: <laughs> I think it's like the way technology has been set up so far and a lot of businesses do it that's very like profit driven and attention grabbing like in mm-hmm. the west coast they have this thing about center for humane technology and others they always talk about like this attention economy so how are we driving attention away from it? so i think there should be should be looked at how how attention is being monetized and personal data are being monetized and when we are using social media and then our fear evokes a certain Attention and and certain interaction with us, and then they they sell that interaction. What what are we reacting to? What are we looking for? And sell that to companies, and then we are getting presented certain advertisements, which oftentimes happens, right? Sometimes we even talk about it, and the the phone picks it up because we give access to the microphone. Uh, I think in case of like the biggest social media company, I think that is the case. So then you get next time you get presented those advertisements. So I I like the proposals where we get. We're supposed to get some of that money, or, or we have to consent to sell those data because that kind of clickbait, as you mentioned, is ben is there is somebody's benefiting of that? That's why that is happening. So hopefully, in the future, there's going to be you know a business set up like things are be set up in a way that our well being is also considered, and you know there's like a there's a profit we're making if we're feeling better than the company's making. So what we how we're setting it up is like a win 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 for everybody, and not like a you know oh we're we're kind of like you're kind of winning, but you also be a bit more fearful. And then, yeah, we're actually selling your bio data, your personal data out. That's what a lot of social media companies are doing, and then admitting that in Congress or uh, later on. And there's not a lot of laws about it, so I think um, things could be set up a little bit differently, favorably for the users, and um, then favorably for for companies that are supporting the users' well being and not. Secretly monetizing off their data, and that's it's. I mean, it's gigantic the amount of money that's being made with uh personal data being sold without really without consent or without knowledge. You know, you click these like terms and conditions oftentimes, and we don't really know what's in there. We just know that our friends are using this platform, so we're going to click it, and we're going to use it. But then we don't know that we give access to you know all of our history of over our emails, or sometimes like that, right? If it's like a program that detects all of our grammar, that corrects grammar, and maybe we give access to all of our emails in the past, and then they, they can sell our interests to a company. So all of those things are very, very elusive right now and not very defined and not, we as users don't know about it, and I think there should be, should, things should be done about it. Um, people should be informed more, and um, stuff's been taken that people's right, you know, people's personal data are protected, and, and it's not that it stops business, it's just like, like different forms of businesses will benefit from that then more. Or the big businesses have to reshape themselves. And right now, big tech companies are oftentimes, you know, they're they're profiting of, they're maximizing their profit. So the maximizing profit is clickbait, and that's like fear, fear, fear. And and then that's also part of human condition to like focus on the negative because then you protect yourself. Like being aware of the negative thing, as you probably know. Well, you know, with, with animals, like they, uh, like they, like a negative thing they have to be on alert mode because you know they have to protect their family and their environment so similar i think with social media and stuff but um and yeah but i I do think like if we feel better if we feel calmer we're regulating more then we're more aware of those things that are trying to manipulate our nervous system and that's what that's when we're at our best and other um you know and um can
0: help each other out and and help ourselves more so Mm mm-hmm What's crazy to me is that they they admit to this stuff, and we're just kind of like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, because it's it's so much part of
1: our lives, right? I mean, yeah, how do you want to live a life without social media? For a lot of small businesses
0: like ours, we have to use it just to promotion and stuff to reach people and remotely. Yeah, even even for my like for my show and my platform, like I, I tell people all the time, if I didn't have to, you know, promote this stuff, I wouldn't be on there but like how mm-hmm. there's no other way. like yeah. that, That's what the world is now. It is.
1: Yeah. And uh, I do think there should be, there should be some regulation for those big tech companies of how they're dealing with the personal data. So it gives it opportunities for other tech companies who are actually really invested in the community to thrive more because it's just, they have so much money. It's just, I mean, the amount of money they have and the amount of things they can do because they have, they mm-hmm. control all this like attention and network is, is really um yeah you can't even it's all it's hard to fathom the amount of, of access they have in a way to personal data and to collective data i think so yeah so they can swing they can swing elections easily like they did mm-hmm. right in 2016 in a way by giving access to data and or helping swing elections in that sense so um yeah
0: it, yeah the the power they hold is terrifying
1: no uh negative uh, <laughs> <it wasn't laughs> true. It's true, like, and and hopefully there's gonna be some regulations, and they're gonna look into it, and, and users become more aware of it because it's like, hard. Like, if if it's all about us to be coming aware of it and all about personal responsibility in this sense, I, I get it. But those devices we're using, those companies are, or those apps, they are benefiting of us not knowing about it. So mm-hmm. why would they? And those are the devices and interfaces we use to acquire knowledge. So why should they build the algorithms in a way that we find out about those things and then we become motivated to do something about it? They're not because that's not in their interest to do that. So they're building the algorithms that we get fed things that are feeding our fear in a way. So, um, yeah, it's very, it. there needs to be something happen. And I think it's, it's the time for that because, um, stress levels are, you know, and screen time is an all time high. So, um, we got to do something about it.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i'm hoping things change um in in terms of your company uh is it out to the public yet or are you guys still doing tests yeah we like um the the launch of our
1: um, brother extensions april so um so yeah that's where we're we're always improving it's a, so like the beta version but definitely like um working on the browser extension more to make break, reminder, break reminders, stress monitoring, the, the personal data stay locally. Um, and uh, just, you know, giving people like a timeline of like how was the breathing rate, how was the heart rate while they're on the browser and then developing it right now for operating systems for, for mobile devices. And so, yeah, we're pretty, very dedicated and motivated team. So the browser extension was our first product. But um, we're we're extending on that. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
0: Um, oh, what was my question for you? Breathing AI. So, oh yeah, sorry. So, how um, how can people like? Can people sign up for it, or is it just like a a browser thing that you look up on the internet?
1: Yeah, they can look it up either through the um, through the browser, the Chrome Store, and um, to look for Breathing AI. Or they can sign up or get, acquire it through our website. That's also breathing.ai, so Yeah, so simple. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks for asking. Does,
0: do do you guys uh, do you guys do any work with uh, like blue screen or blue light? Sorry. Yeah, that's that's a
1: good question. Actually, <clears throat> one of the research lab we've been working with NSSR lab and Ben Van Ben-Burn, Professor Ben Van um we're talking about that, and we're, we're testing, we're studying how different colors um in fact you know stress levels performance and so on but there's also studies he shared with me that um blue lights not necessarily uh there's not like a clear correlation between blue lights and uh, uh, melatonin levels so Mm -hmm. for some people that might work but blue light but i mean i always see that way like blue light is because right the the sky is not there anymore and then we're supposed to you know the melatonin levels are changing because we're, we're getting ready to bed because we're used to live without artificial light for most of humans history so our bodies are built that way but i feel like for generations also we grew up with different types of lighting situations so maybe that changed and people not always associate green with nature they sometimes might associate green with something else like um with even or so if if green was presented during their childhood with stress or so 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 there's not like that clear correlation in terms of like how humans always respond to blue lights and how our technology does it is like looks at each person's stress levels the heart rate and their breathing patterns and then adapts the screen color the screen brightness to each user individually and continuously and so not making that like a generalized thing and saying always oh, like oh this is blue light has this impact really looking at is it is it a blue filter is it a is it a orange filter is it a more purplish filter or grayish filter It could be very different depending on each user's nervous system it's a good question yeah and uh, it's still like like in development and in research and then there's different conflicting studies and we're trying to make you know use our algorithms or technology to
0: evaluate those in real time for the user mm-hmm. and in terms of uh in terms of fonts what what kind of font was found to be the most calming yeah it's, a, it's like i remember a fun story when we showed
1: comic sans right that's like a fun 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 was very like playful in a way but people mm-hmm. it's like a hit or a lot so when we displayed comic sans some people really said how could my heart rate was all the way up obviously who can who can who would ever like that font? <laughs> and then you know another person, like a few minutes later, was sitting there and showed the results. It's it's on our YouTube video from like a few years ago, 2018, from that conference. And then another person was sitting there like, oh yeah, I really like that font. And it was the most calming, comic sans, you know. And it's a it's so it's so different. And I'm not sure if there's like one that was more. I, I don't. Yeah, we don't have enough data, or I don't feel like comfortable enough to say like that's the most general. But I don't think there was like a strong reaction to Ariel um fonts like that. Um there's oftentimes a stronger reaction to like those comic sounds or typewriter and stuff like that. People liked it or not liked it, but maybe those those are most most calming because they're like on average, like Ariel and um and so but we're it's still it's very individually a very huge difference (laughs) sometimes. And it's it's fun to watch that anyway because it's like what? somebody really likes this type of font, but it's personal preferences and perfect design styles. And so, so it's all, it's all good. Yeah.
0: It's so, I found that so interesting when I was reading up on all of this, like it, it you don't even take those things into consideration. Like mm-hmm. when you're s- surfing through the web or you're re- typing something or you're reading something, you never think like, yeah, this font is getting my heart rate up. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really stressed looking at this font like mm-hmm. you hear you hear about it with colors you're like oh like you hear the typical like red gets you stressed like a generalization and like blue's calm or something i'm not quite sure what the the thing actually was but you never hear about font mhm you just assume it's all the same yeah but then when when somebody
1: i remember a friend of mine had her android changed to all comic sans i think <laughs> so whenever she was opening up like the social media app it was comic sans And I just noticed like, wow, that's such, that would be so different for me to look at this every time I open it. And I mean, I have iOS, but uh, no promotion there. I love all of those devices, Um, but uh, I can't, I don't think I can change it that like my whole operating system has one font or I have to look at it maybe in the latest version I can, but for Android users, sometimes that's easier to change it. And then it's more, then you get it right, you know, in your face in a way it's like, wow, really that, changing a font set for everything on my, on my screen,
0: uh, on my phone will really like impact me, <laughs> impact my stress levels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when, when you guys, when breathing AI, so when take me through when someone signs up for it, like w- what are the first steps that someone goes through in your program? Yeah, there's an onboarding process. So, um,
1: so our UX team has been evaluating until, um, yeah, basically until end of March, um, like a lot of different testing phases. They started in July last year, um, looking at how do you onboard somebody, you know, so like showing different colors, color, you can choose your own color preferences, then detecting how, you know, how's your heart rate, how's your breathing pattern while you're looking at these different colors um, in a randomized order. So like a scientific study in a way, and then also choosing different break reminders. What are the, do you want a movement? Do you, do you want to like also address eye, eye strain? Do you want to address fatigue? so like different categories and so you you kind of create your own profile and your own profile is is being created in in sync with our technology and uh and then you basically it runs in the background and you can set automatic break reminders or manually break reminders so you have you either get like um, reminded when you're getting more stressed or it comes up every 20 minutes or every hour if you like you know so and then you can click it away and You can give access to the webcam to have your stress level detected, or you can like turn that off, feature off. So, and obviously, we won't collect personal data. First of all, it's also like not even legal to do that, like personal identifiable data, to just take that on our end without consent. Um, So, it's a lot of those data will stay locally, and then um, you know it would use our technology, and um, so yeah, it would just basically be on a browser, and then we're working on developing it for operating systems and for mobile devices as well, which is a little bit more complex because, you know, if, you, if you're you on your desktop and you're working using webcam, you're just kind of static. So you're not changing your posture so that we don't need that many, uh, there's not so much noise in that sense in technology. So if you would move your phone, there's a lot more noise, you know, like the lighting conditions are changing, movement and stuff. So So it's a little bit more complex to develop it for mobile devices and it's easier to do this onboarding and and this kind of continuous monthly monitoring on um, on more static devices like desktops and computers.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's so interesting. And I like I get um, I get why people would be a little off put by it. Like I like I can just imagine because when I'm told like Hey, you're slouching," I'm like, "Hey, fuck you! Like, what, what are you talking to me like that for?" But I also I feel like your program is very beneficial, especially right now because the thing about like the fact that we are all online right now, yes, when the pandemic gets lifted and when we're out of quarantine, that'll change, but I don't think it'll change that much because Mm -hmm. I think companies are starting to realize the efficiency of online work. Like Mm -hmm. the amount of like the, the easy access to their employees. Like when you have meetings, you don't have to call everyone in. It's just a click of a button for school. Like lectures are just a video that you post up. I I don't know if I'm a fan of it, but I do think that it's gonna come into play more in the future, mm-hmm. as opposed to us just going back to normal, where technology was just used for movies and social media and stuff. So I, I definitely think that your program is very valuable. I think this okay. this will really help people because a, a lot of us forget that you know you can garner stress just from your posture, just from your breathing, just from reading certain things, just from the color of your screen, mm-hmm. and I think people just need a you know a reminder frankly yeah
1: and i mean i, I i'm glad that like I, that this breathing awareness is there either through technology or sometimes it's like just like oh my god i'm getting i noticed i'm getting tense but it's also like i don't know that sometimes on the screen because as we said earlier it's like very disconnected from our nervous system so i might stay on there for a while and be like oh, i haven't really taken a deep breath or and just something as simple as you know of when you do breathing techniques simple diaphragmatic belly breathing (sighs) improves like our blood oxygenation so much it's crazy and because we have 500 million alveoli in our lungs so it's like just like little spheres and Mm -hmm. so it's like if we're breathing very shallow we we don't really nurture them and so taking a deep breath in (sighs) we really just and letting go axial improves getting so much oxygen to all of those and it's It's oftentimes invisible because we don't see it right away. We don't see our inner organs. We don't see our lungs. We don't see our heart. So that's why we probably don't take care of it that much because we're such a visual culture. But just a simple letting go axial improves the oxygen amount we're getting twice. So there's a study on UCLA. So just something like this will improve our blood flow right away twice. So oftentimes people feel like I feel sometimes a little bit dizzy and lightheaded when I'm Mm -hmm. just taking a... Like a sigh, but a sigh. Without a sigh, we would die literally during the day. So, just that reminder of like, hey, taking a little bit of a sigh, it relaxes our shoulders and improves our blood flow. It's so simple, um. Yet it's not always there as a reminder because culture is not set up and technology is not set up to remind us and to train us that way. So that's what we're trying to. That's what we're building to that training and that that guidance for people to to remind them to help them to breathe better and to feel better. Mm-hmm. Can perform better
0: yeah i feel i feel like sighing also in all, our culture is considered like rude because you're always like <sighs> they're like what's your problem you know as opposed to like yeah. hey i'm just feeding my, oh my avioli
1: what, why is that though yeah why is that though like you let go of stress well this this culture is also not set up to to stress reduction you're like not supposed to stress reduce i mean now it's getting more but i feel when i grew up it's always like six pack and i feel like a six pack is really limiting for your breathing because you really restrict yourself i remember a friend of mine who's was a who's a competitive weightlifter he said he felt the most anxious ever in his life when he was like always having this wear this tight um shirts and stuff for like mm. competitions and stuff or dresses and it had this always a six pack and he felt never more tense back then and so Letting go of tension in our belly and to allow ourselves to breathe deeply is really not frowned upon because you're not supposed to have a bigger belly. Um, even through, you know, if it's not through, um, so if it's it could be through deep breathing that you have a bigger belly and it's it's really stress reducing. Your your health is better, but you're not supposed to do that. So I feel like we're living in a society that it, that um, rewards you for looking stressed and feeling stressed because you're always like, especially here in New York. People oftentimes, you know, are in like stress mode, hyperactive mode. And if you're not, you, they almost think like you're not productive. You're not, you can't survive in New York if you relax because you're supposed to be on high stress alert. And so so I think that's a lot when you just like take give yourself a break. It's frowned upon maybe because like, hey, you're not supposed to take a break. We're all in stress mode or <laughs> something. Mm-hmm. And that's, how, that's, that's my conclusion because otherwise it doesn't make sense. It's not, I think it's rude to just be like or something
0: a yeah very well, we, like performance oriented culture mm-hmm. well that's the problem right we live in a very performance oriented culture we, we live in a culture where um it, people compare themselves to others too much everyone's just trying to be top dog and they don't care what it takes to get to the top i like where i live and i'm not going to name drop the town but um you know you can tell Like there's been like, we have one of the highest foreclosure rates in my province because people are just striving to be better than their neighbor. They're just buying all these things. They're working hard. They never rest. They don't care. Like they don't talk to their families. And it's just like, if that doesn't, you know, summarize what we are as a society right now, I don't know what does. It's like, you don't care about your well being. You care about being better than the person next to you. So I think that is changing. I think especially with the lockdown, people had to sit down and go, wow, we are really not going in the right direction. Um, But it's going to take a while to change it. That's for sure. It's wild because if you feel happier, like
1: who cares? I mean, you know, what do you, what should you care about? Like what your neighbor does, if you feel like happy, like what, what more can you achieve in life in a way to feel healthy and happy? Um, and to share that, and it's like if it, I think it's comes from a lack of not knowing how to feel happy, and then mm-hmm. not feeling happy in the first place. To like think like, oh, I'm like if I'm having this, then I've, I, I get gratitude or I get a gratification out of feeling better than the other person. But it doesn't really like it's, it's like not real happiness. So how, how can we change this society and technology and and businesses to to so people emphasize to feel happy and to um, feel healthy. And then, and then, you know, you just rest in yourself and the rest comes in a way and you don't want to feel better than, you don't want to feel better than your neighbor. You don't want to help them feel better um, mm-hmm. if you feel good already. So, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a message I want to tell people is like, you know, we live in a world where happiness is viewed as lazy mm-hmm. and it's really not. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's why some people, or a lot of people. I don't know. I don't want to speak for people, but I feel like that's why they're afraid of getting that happiness. They're afraid of getting that like inner mm-hmm. comfort almost because they're scared of being mm-hmm. viewed as lazy. Because most of the time, the route to that true happiness isn't the grind, 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 grind. I'm better than you. I'm better than you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, what what are you getting out of like this competitive mode? More stress in a way and. Also, I feel the values are like, if that's the main value to be competitive at all costs, then, you know, it comes at the cost of our planet and of each other and society versus like if, if the competition is for helping each other and the planet, then if happiness is part of that and being sometimes a little bit more laid back, then let's do it. You know, Um, versus like sometimes like people take on all kinds of jobs or positions just to be active, but then those jobs are contributing to, you know, global warming or, you know, injustice in society it was like sometimes it's better to not take those jobs or not to do support that and and rest a little bit and find the job that is really helping everybody um
0: yeah, but i guess like then it gets political or so <laughs> and then it's dangerous yeah.
1: territory but
0: yeah yeah it's a it's a tough rabbit hole to get out of once you get started you just keep falling down you're like and this and that but yeah know, it, it, just... it's, it's <laughs> tough but yeah, so it's, it's
1: so grateful for your work, man. Like it's like um sharing what one makes people happier, like sharing their their projects and small businesses and stuff. And um, you know, sharing your own story. It's like
0: um very grateful for that. It's great. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, and I love what you do. Um I think it's really important. Where where can where can my I know we already mentioned that the website's breathing.ai, but where can my viewers find mm-hmm. you if they have any questions or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I'm like I'm also like on um on social media there stuff. So if there are any questions. And then I have a meetup group where um usually have like three at least one to three like meetups too and um sharing like different techniques that help and you can explore that and um yeah so I'm
0: like happy to, to chat there and stuff. And,
1: yeah, thanks for awesome.
0: yeah of course. Um mm-hmm. I'll I'll put all those links down below. Hannes, thank you so much for joining me today, man. This was this thank was a lot of fun. Watching. I I appreciate it. Nice. I love the background too, and like your your family photos. And thank you. Really yes, yeah. nice. I got all this but, stuff from Kijiji. Uh, or no, not Kijiji. I got it from Amazon on uh, Christmas.
1: Trying oh, to deck wow. it all
0: out. Yeah, so feel pretty nice. good. <laughs> and that's your family in the front? Yeah, my brother and sister. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. They're still in uh, in your area, or are they? Uh, well they're they're off in uni right now like university uh yeah I just finished so they'll they'll be coming soon they'll be they'll be here soon my
1: family's all in europe so
0: um far away mm. but, uh, yeah family is precious yeah man yeah and yeah that that's an important rule that we learned this year too oh, yeah. Fam- family's important i think we forget that sometimes because we're so bawled, annoyed by them yeah. <laughs> you forget that you'll you'll miss them getting on your nerves every now and then
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) well anyway uh to all my viewers i will see you guys next time hey guys thanks for watching another episode of my show if you want more episodes of the h panel the button's going to be right here if you want to subscribe for more videos from myself it'll be right down below. Please like, comment, share, give five stars. Let's keep this conversation going guys. All right. I'll see you next time. Thank you for your support.